0: Superbad star is now training jiu-jitsu. John Wick 3, the trailer, is out, which means it's time to prove fighting way easier from outside the cage and uh, specifically on or off the big screen if you're tracking this metaphor specifically, which means it's time for Verbal Tap. I'm your host, Kevin, with me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing this evening knowing you could have the chance to beat up Jonah Hill? He's an L.A. guy. He might be training out with you soon. I don't think we're going to train. Why so pessimistic? You go everywhere in Southern California to train.
1: I do. And don't get me wrong. He's he's new. He's been training for, I think, what, six months or so is what his post said.
0: I don't know. I just saw the pictures and the blonde hair. And... Fair enough. Um, I think that Gordon got it. Is that where, <laughs> is that where... <laughs> I don't know?
1: I think all the cool people are bleaching their hair blonde. Kev, see, I I can't do that. I went today to get what I call an average haircut. I didn't expect a lot from these people because my head is on an unusual shape, and I said, "Do the best that you can," because I need my haircut and it's it's far too long now. So it's about managing your expectations. So I guess what I'm saying here, though, Kev, is I. Th- think that I saw, like, a long time ago, he said that he used to get bullied and beat up, and, man, that sucks, but I'm so glad he found Jiu-Jitsu. I just feel that, eh, for whatever reason, I don't think our paths are going to cross. I will say, I'm glad that we have another ambassador of jujitsu. two-time Oscar nominee,
0: Jonah Hill. Never forget that. I won't. One of them was from Moneyball, I think.
1: Yes, and the other one was from the Scorsese wolf of wall street. But if you were to tell me, okay, Raph, do you envision Jonah Hill ever being nominated for an Oscar? I would have probably said no. So him doing it twice is, uh, pretty amazing. Um, but those are two very good roles. I just think, is this the same person who once yelled out, ask me about my wiener in a film? Yeah. Yeah. That's him. but, there's more to the than this, Kev. Uh, it's nice we had people who were uh, making fun of him, which always makes for an interesting uh, juxtaposition for somebody who goes, "Yeah, I used to get bullied." So <laughs> and he's a let's white belt. Of that guy. Calm down, yep. everybody! <laughs>
0: Just come on.
1: But they were like comparing him to Guy Fieri, and I'm pretty sure you can get the the Fieri Annex saying, "Well, we were not really making fun of him, but." It's just weird because everybody felt the need to do the super bad jokes and all these other things. And I was just like, guys, we don't get many people to come in and play cool with us. Be nice to him. Just say how excited you are that he's doing it and move on.
0: No one's seen Ashton Kutcher since we thought he should fight super uh, super fight against Keanu Reeves. So we have to be delicate about this. How else are we supposed to get James Franco? I mean, it's just I'm saying it's going to be difficult. Demi yeah, Lovato, a lot of head road for us.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, again, we're we're slowly but surely becoming the thing that people want to at least try out. So let's let's try and act cool, guys. Let's not you know come on too strong, or else they're never going to train jiu-jitsu with us anymore.
0: Yeah, it wasn't Bam Margera. I mean, let's be reasonable here. This is Jonah Hill. <laughs> so tonight's podcast, we are extremely excited to welcome ezra lennon he is fighting at the ultimate absolute 2019 which you can find february 2nd Hera's north star city casino and hotel it is in missouri so it gives him a little bit of home field advantage though he's fighting someone from kansas city so less because it's
1: awesome i'm is, nervous uh,
0: you're nervous for me grappling
1: wise no 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 i'm not nervous for you Grappling, i'm never nervous for you grappling i'm nervous that i'm gonna do this joke okay but to know that when we do this interview with him, this is a joke that you need to at least have a predated history of 20 years ago. I want to ask him if he is better than Ezra. But see, here's the thing, Kev. That was a <laughs> band. That's a whole song. I'm it's sure he's heard workout. it a thousand times. Yeah. I just – I'm afraid it's going to come out and I'm going to feel bad when I do
0: it. Mm-hmm. Well – Hopefully, if you do feel bad, and if Ooh. those at home laughed at that and want to also and also feel bad, you can make amends by getting tickets. If you're in Kansas City, at NitroTickets.com/event/slash/sixty/slash/ultimate-one-absolute. But you can find this all in the Ultimate Absolute BJJ and Grappling Facebook page. But the live pay-per-view with commentary from yours truly, and of course, from Ethan Day. And when he goes and coaches, I'd imagine some Jason Bercher. Joe Wilk will not be in the house, sadly, but he definitely deserves an honorable mention. Live pay-per-view commentary with myself at undergroundgym.com. Kling.com back to slash Ultimate Absolute. But again, go to Ultimate Absolute BJJ and Grappling. You can find all this. Uh, Excited to get the band back together from last year. And, Raph, this is going to be one hell of an event.
1: It looks like it, dude. It looks like... You're uh you have a lot on your shoulders. Do you know who your co-pilot is yet?
0: Yeah, that's the Ethan Day is going to be sitting there to help me well help me be the person that it's like, "Hey, what's that position?" <laughs> Hell no. will <laughs> no. Thankfully. That's that's great. That's a great thing about uh you know, working with the black belt. Who was skiing? Here's who was good- snowboarding, excuse me, up in Breckenridge today? I saw that photo. That's a little soccerish. The good news is, though,
1: see, you've got a built-in excuse. Mm-hmm. When you don't know something, you can just say, oh, I haven't been training as much because of the injuries. Mm-hmm. When I don't know People something and the that. internet crucifies me for that, <laughs> I go, I, listen, shut up. I don't know your variation name of your academy. I don't go to your academy. We don't call it that there.
0: Yeah. That part Be is, uh, I, I was just having a moment where you call, you have also called a fair share of no-gi fights, which is where mm-hmm. it really gets complicated, too. I feel like the gi is relatively standard in terms of positions. No-gi-wise, whole wild card, because you have to deal with a lot of the 10th planeters. It's just a major pain in the ass. Well... Well, I mean, people want to hear us complain about commentary and like, the different <laughs> the different things. I everybody. think it's something everybody can relate to, Kevin. Hey, speaking of, listen to our MMA show this week if you're interested in hearing our thoughts on Stephen A. Smith, because not all commentary um, is well-received. Or as Raph is pointing out, people are immediately clear to hashtag you and be like, that was close guard, you idiot. <laughs> God, do you well, even train? And the answer is as uh, me a solid. as I can.
1: And at least do me the honor of quoting me properly i believe the quotation i sent you was get him the fuck out of here but whatever that's fine
0: so tune in for yep. some and we have as we're coming up to uh talk about his fight and just talk about his journey because he's fought some interesting people he's got a Got an interesting background. Tune into the MMA show. Fine rap on the grappling hour. He's interviewing people like crazy. You can actually see their faces and hear them talk. It's great. At the same time. Ooh. Can I tell you who we got? Yeah. Because you're you're doing your thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my thing. <laughs> yeah, I introduced I was already plugging your thing. I would of course that's, love listen, to hear it's fine. You're, I you're just justification request. Yeah, people I love that the audience is like. Would you two quit bitching at each other for five seconds so we can hear who he's talking about? Guys, Kevin's going solo, and it's
1: gone to his head. <laughs> okay, he's putting out his solo album, and now it's all he's talking about. He's like, I've got a song called Patience. If only I had a partner who knew what Patience was all about, Raph. Guess what it's about. I get it. Guess what it's about. <laughs> so, uh, Piers... I don't want to say 100%, but it looks very good, that I will have Levi Jones-Leary, who just had an amazing European performance at the Euros. Is that is that like double negative? I don't know. Anyway, he uh, won uh, over this weekend, so I'll be interviewing him Hell, this
0: yeah.
1: Week. Very excited for that one.
0: It is, as I mildly choke on some vodka. <clears throat> oh,
1: don't die. I
0: was <laughs> like, oh. I was about to pay you a compliment, too. Uh It's like my body rejected it. But my body was like, don't do it. Here, I'll intervene. No one is doing this. So one of the conversations Travis, Team Money, Conley, and I were having was, how do you promote some of these fights? Because he's getting some more word out about the Ultimate Absolute. No one's doing this. Raph is doing this. Tune into the Grappling Hour. Show him some love. This is... Your chance to be in on the ground floor. Imagine ESPN started because they were covering Connecticut women's softball. That's not hyperbole. That's why it started. We are roughly as popular as <laughs> Connecticut women's softball in the 70s. So tune in, watch what Rap's doing, give these grapplers and the community some attention and some love. And I want to talk about who else you should give some attention and some love to. Who's that, Kevin? Your booty, your hips, and your everything in between. Head on over to NorthSouthJiuJitsu.com. They make the gear that keeps you covered time and time again. I Look, I've already publicly admitted. Took some time off to get some surgery. Gained some weight. You know what also gained some weight and some traction? My North Souths. They were like, we got your Hips, despite that holiday weight. They came with me to fight. I want to thank them and urge you to head on over to northsouthjiu Free shipping on orders over $80. That's U.S. and Canada. Disagree strongly that they included it in Canada. They said, no, we have to. 30-day money-back guarantee. Head on over to northsouthjiu-jitsu.com. While you're thinking about covering your goodies, you should also Ooh. thinking about covering your insides with 100% natural ingredients that are backed by nutritional science. Head on over to provennutrition.com. Provennutrition.com. My girlfriend is in nursing school. This is a 100% serious endorsement. She finds the core drink amazing to help her stay focused, kind of edge off the lack of sleep. She's getting, she just gets to there at like six in the morning. Try the core drink. You might uh, find yourself loving, Loving the proven nutrition. Proven nutrition.com. Kevin 10, Raf 10. Final discount. Raf, are you ready to go talk to Ezra? Uh oh. It was
1: good. Oh. oh. <laughs> it was good. Let's go before I.
0: I'm uh oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> Our guest this evening has fought a terrifying group of people, just a group. I don't even, I mean, to name a few of Verbal Tab's friends, he's fought Jeff Glover, Mm -hmm. Uh, non-stoned completely Jeff Glover. This is still when he was competing uh, somewhat sober. Sure. Dean Lister, and how he's fought that group of people is sort of funny. It's like, uh, that's a lot of range, weight-wise, just from from one to the other to it also seems across. to
1: affirm the belief that they just kind of used to do jujitsu matchups by drawing names out of a hat
0: yeah that's there's uh that would be a more fun tournament at some point it's like somebody's gonna draw the six eight two 295 pound look <laughs> let's let's introduce the guest far too qualified for this show and most He's the main event anytime he fights, if you ask me. But specifically at the Ultimate Absolute on February second, that I will be calling some commentary for. We have on the line Ezra Lennon. Ezra, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're fine. You're you're a Missouri native. It seems like that's yep. where you dwell. Yep.
2: Yeah, yeah. From a small town north of Columbia, Missouri. Now I live in St. Louis, Missouri. So yeah, Missouri all my life
0: so i'm a kansas kid and we're going to try and keep this professional despite the the yeah, yeah. storied history of those two states as we're going to try and yeah bury the kansas nebraska act at least for this interview so i just wanted to tell yeah. my fellow Kansans listening if they're like you know you were awfully nice to someone from missouri i just wanted to get that
2: get that out no one to hold it against you
0: you are fighting Carlos Dahlia, who's uh, someone I've, I've gotten the chance to train with. Have you trained with him at all? Do you know who he is and what he's bringing in terms of the match?
2: I honestly don't know anything about the guy. I've I've seen one photo of him, and that's the uh, the fight poster or whatever where we both have our face on there, and that's as much as I know about him. So don't know him, haven't talked to him. I'm sure there's lots of guys in Kansas City I could talk to, but I think they all trade with him, so I haven't tried to bother them with any information about the guy, but... No, don't know much about him at all. Actually, not that I don't know much about him. I know nothing about him. So, Rapp- Clean do, slate so there.
0: do we have a term for grappling blind date? Do we have like a an equivalent?
1: Uh, no, but I think we worked on, uh, you know, making the premise a game show that we can put on uh, that definitely goes on all syndicated channels. I just like the fact that you don't know anything other than a photo. So it, did you at least look at the photo? Are you familiar with what he looks like? Could you pick him out of a lineup?
2: I, I could probably pick him out of a couple of photos, but see him in person, I probably could walk right past him. I have no idea what he looks like. I don't really know his build, his height. I mean, I've got one photo I'm going off. So if he looks any different than he does in that photo, I don't know how old that photo is, and I'm not going to know what he looks like until we go to weigh-ins or whatever.
0: That's amazing to me. So this is a different... You, you have an American Top Team background. Um, you obviously have been doing this a while. And uh, just to preface... We have some jiu nerd questions for you if you're comfortable with that. The first one, oh, Rap, yeah, yeah, this sure. is for me. Who's Give us your ballpark, the toughest of the people you have fought.
2: Oh, man, there's there's several of them that are just, like, tough in different ways, you know. But, uh, you know, I'd say one guy that put the most, you know, I've said some obviously really tough matches, but I'd say the guy who put the most the biggest beating on me as far as, like, physically he won the match. We that match actually got stopped because I got cut from his his big toe went into my forehead and we, they couldn't stop the bleeding, so I actually lost that match. I was down on points. Not saying I was beating him or anything, but I lost that match from like a doctor stoppage. I would guess would be like Lovato Junior. He uh, did like he hit a Raphael? on me and he, Lovato Junior. Yeah, now, Raphael Lovato Junior. Now yeah. MMA superstar and yeah, uh, that guy's a beast. He he put he, like physically that I was in a lot of pain after that match. He did a cross face on me that. Man, like the side of my jaw was all swollen and hurt to chew for about a day or so. He put a ton of pressure on me, you know, and then he and I got the toenail right in the forehead that just a little bitty cut, but it couldn't stop bleeding. And they tried to stop it like three times and they wouldn't let us compete anymore. So that was unfortunate. But, yeah, I'd say he was probably the most physically painful match I've ever had.
0: Damn. OK, so I Raph has trained with him and I've gotten the chance to. At least take a few seminars. I I train at a HIBERO affiliate. Mm -hmm. Okay. You are talking about what we frequently refer to as the crossface or forearm of justice. It's just, it really, it it makes you rethink things. That also explains. (laughs) Stop here. That explains why you're wrapped up like a mummy in the first match I see you in.
2: Yep. Yep. Right there at the top. Like, I think I tried to go for his leg and then. I didn't have any luck with it, so I tried to pull 50-50 just to avoid being passed. And his big toe went right in the top of my forehead, left a little bitty gash. And, I mean, the freaking thing would not stop bleeding. Bled the rest of the day, just a little bitty cut, but sunk right in there. Ezra, so yeah, what that, if I that, that, what that, if
0: I told you he taught that at the seminar I was at? He was <laughs> like, this is how I got past uh, Ezra Lennon. It's, uh, you need a sharp toenail, but he showed us how to file it. It was cool.
2: Super secret technique. you have to show me that one.
0: I, it's well, I'll, I could show you again, but uh, I lost almost a pint of blood during that <laughs> seminar, so I'm not sure if I'm the best one. To, Very risky move to hit it up. That's Lethal a good one. Risky. Yeah, that's a good, at least in terms of your your fight yeah, resume. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. That was a fun match. He's tough, and obviously, he's tough. He's a great, American grappler out there. So, yeah, that was fun, painful, but fun
0: painful but fun is a nice description and you're you've so you've been competing quite a bit do you mind giving us a little because sometimes in the midwest we get a little bit lost uh but that doesn't undermine any of the toughness it's just in terms of getting your name out there what do you see Mm -hmm. as your jujitsu goals you're from a black belt family which we're going to definitely get into about who the toughest brother is shortly we we didn't realize (laughs) you're from a just lineage literally um uh, but what are you trying to do competitively jiu wise is this something you're active about and you're going to keep staying at that level you're starting to focus on teaching just just curious about where you are
2: uh you know i still want to i want to compete as long as i can you know i want to uh as long as my body will let me you know i don't have to do like two tournaments a month or stuff like that but uh i'd I like to keep competing as you know as long as i'm doing jiu-jitsu i am doing jiu i do not have to compete like i said like nonstop, but I still like to do it as long as I can, as long as the body holds up and get out there on the mats. Trying to focus now a little bit more on like cash prize fights or like super fight stuff like that, and do the occasional IBJJF, but they're so expensive, you know. Like, unless you can get a sponsor to help out, you know, you get a plane ticket, you fly out to California, food, hotel, all that stuff, and all you get is a medal. It's good for recognition, you know, set seminars up, but IBJJF is just so expensive. Try to do some stuff where, You know, there's cash prizes or super fights and you can win some money on those. So that's kind of what I'm going for now.
1: I just feel like whenever we're trying to explain what we're doing to other people, it sounds insane. Like it sounds for the professional athlete like we're getting you into a pyramid scheme that says, hey, man, listen, great deal for you. If you show up and compete at this event, you get nothing. But bring a friend, maybe two more, okay? And then you've yeah. got someone to record your match, and maybe they'll they'll tell you some notes. Yeah. But that's you about can
2: it. Friends, you, guys can, you guys can share a hotel room and cram four or six guys into a hotel room. So it'll be a little <laughs> cheaper. But you're still going to lose money on this. You're going to get a medal that's not worth that much money, but you're not going to regret it.
0: We shall charge sure. you, and we will be assholes <laughs> about your gi. Just also as a dot, dot, <laughs> yeah. dot, we're going to be super mean about your gi.
2: Yeah, we don't care about you. I'm pretty you to sure, so well.
1: We've got To to just to uh, drive the point home, I'm pretty sure that there are Cracker Jack boxes that have more valuable prizes in them than yeah. the medals yeah. that they give but, you, because... I, I always look at them, and I always go, oh, I mean, that's nice. And that's not exactly the thing you want for somebody who's just won a world championship. Yeah,
2: yeah you get that medal, and you're like, oh, this is a nice medal. But, I mean, you know that going into it, you know, a lot of people complain about IBJJF, like, oh, they're corrupt, or the rest screwed me, or this or that. And it's like, well, you don't have to do it. You know, there's other stuff out there. If you don't like IBJJF, you don't have to do it. So right. that's another way I look at it. It's like, you know what you're getting into, and you sign up with them, you get screwed on a match, you clearly won. Well, you knew that was a possibility, and so it is what it is, I guess. They don't put out the best. What annoys me more than, like, a cheap medal is every time I go to one of their tournaments, they always they give out that free shirt. I think the last eight or nine shirts I've gotten from them have been plain black. They have all these cool shirts out there, and I always get a plain black one. I'm sick and tired <laughs> of the plain black IBJJF shirt. Like, give me a cool pink one or a green or something, but like, nine black shirts just shoved in a shelf.
0: Boy, this is the first time I've really started to like someone from Missouri in a while. But, Ezra, the, the specificness of that complaint is very good. It's like the man's not asking for much. Just give him a colorful goddamn t-shirt.
2: He's trading at your events. Give me something I can wear out and look cool in, you know? Like, switch it up to something like anything but plain black. Come on. Well, the other
1: thing that I think that occasionally gets uh, told to people who do jiu-jitsu you know, We pick up so many shirts. That's usually a sponsorship for most people too is you just get all this mm-hmm. clothing and apparel. So there are moments when we take stock amongst ourselves and say, just on a percentage, how many of your shirts are jujitsu? And we have everybody kind of chime in and you always can tell there's one person oh. who looks and goes, yeah, I think it's like 80%, dude. It's not good.
2: Yeah. There's <laughs> a Yeah. I've got a big old uh, dresser full of those things. I've got jujitsu shirts and flannels. That's pretty much all I have. And a few <laughs> hoodies in there, but it's pretty limited. I'll put a shirt on get ready to go out and ask the lady, like, how do I look? She's like, you look the same. You always wear that same outfit. It's always a jiu-jitsu shirt and jeans. It looks the same.
0: Yeah, well, that's just <laughs> a much, synonym for uh... <laughs> effing handsome then because that's how it looked the exactly. first time. That's how I will look the three hundred and sixty fourth time you see this
2: blue flannel. Exactly. I'm not afraid of it. That's a fact. Or you wear a flannel wears you get your shirt under the flannel. So no <laughs> matter what, it always got something like that on. You gotta stay
0: ready, especially in Missouri. Oh <laughs>
2: you yeah. You never know. Yeah, hey, you never know. You Never know when a grappling match might break out.
0: <laughs> the accuracy. There are. We have people from Missouri that listen to this podcast. And are like, he's right. That's that's sound advice. <laughs> As you 100%. as you prep for a super fight like this, six minutes, especially with an opponent you don't know, and I wish I had tips for you. I don't. I'm not good enough to be able to provide you with any insight into his game because I would just describe it as uh, punishing. But there's there's a big gap between uh, my game and yours as well. So what do you do to prepare for sort of a, uh, a ghost opponent, someone you're just like, wow, I, I don't know this person. I don't know their fight background. I don't know anything besides their one of the KC BJJ terrorists, which is an interesting crew to itself. But tell us a, a little bit about your process.
2: Um, you know, instead of worrying, since there's nothing out there on him, you know, I don't have to worry about, like, if I just go out there and play my game, just sharpen up my tools and uh, everything that I'm I'm good at. I'm just going to go out there and do it. I don't have to know, that, like, okay, he's got a good sub from here, or this, and then I go out there and I'm worried too much about that or something. I just go out there and react, you know what I mean? Like, just go out there and play my game and make him be on deep, uh, play the defensive part the whole time. Not worry about what he does. Just do my thing. Make and it my fight. You what know is what I mean? your fight?
0: What are you looking to do outside of react? Does that necessarily mean pulling guard? Cause sort of from what I've seen, you, you don't mind going from a few different places.
2: No, I have no, I'm, I've always been very comfortable on my back. So, you know, I no problem going out there. If he wants to grind or smash, it's fine with me. I come from a, background where i had a lot of grinding so i don't mind having someone's head in my chin or whatever i welcome the grind you know some people don't like that game don't mind they don't like getting cross-faced or their face beat up but i have no problem with it so go out there and get on bottom get underneath of them and elevate them or whatever i gotta do just go out there and do it do it before he gets anything going make him play my game
1: Uh, can i ask you an important question here because i'm not sure that you've had this happened before or that this happens a ton, but you know, you're somebody who's competed a bit on some pretty big shows. Have you ever been Mm -hmm. on a podcast or been interviewed by one of the people who is going to be commentating your matches before it happens?
2: No, that's a first, this is the first time. So
1: interesting because see, I'm not commentating it. So I'm, I'm protected by a nice wall of, uh, (laughs) of protection here but <laughs> yeah, yeah. kevin though
0: added some nerves to me rap that's oh, something I, I had consciously thought about sorry thank you this is fun i just i wanted to make sure you know like what are
1: what are you looking for like what's something that would offend you that maybe a commentator who's on the line could say that you would actually be like wow that's not cool like i just want to make sure because we would never want kevin to cross that line at least one of us
2: Ah uh, man, it it would take something. Not even know what it'd be. I'm a pretty laid back guy. You know, I grew up. Me and my brothers, you know, pretty hard on each other growing up. Pretty uh, vicious with the insults and uh, fighting and all that stuff. So it's gonna take pretty harsh comment to even get me to notice or even care in the least. I'm pretty laid back, so I mean, you're pretty pretty. Pretty open there. So if not you gonna have, feel easy dust in me,
0: if you hear me scream, Ezra's upset. He's not a triplet. You're, you're <laughs> going to be fine. You're just going to be focused on the fight. You're good to go. Oh,
2: oh yeah, I'll be fine. I'll be, huh? That's, that's interesting. I and mean, I'll just keep going. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Can, yeah. Would it be a problem if Kevin, on the microphone, maybe called you the third best black belt in the family?
2: Would that be a problem? Yeah. That would, oh uh, no, no. I'd oh, be okay with that. That one went you up. Yeah. That one went up in
0: inflection. I think we've at least well is this a topic this is a good chance to like veer into the brother lane because it does feel like there's no other real way to get to Ezra. It's certainly not gonna be my jujitsu. You have two twin
2: older black belt brothers. Yep, yep, my older brothers. Uh they're both black belts. They both train and compete so that's that's always awesome I have two guys you can bounce ideas off with and work they both have different they both play a completely different game than I do and they don't play the same game as the other one so you got three different styles of jiu-jitsu there so it's always fun to mix things up and get ideas and pointers from each other
0: Are, are you all the same size? Give or take?
2: Uh, no, I'm I'm like I'm only like 5'9, I say they're about 6 foot and they're both like uh They walk around about 170s, 60s, depending on like what tournament they're going to do, if they're cutting weight or going up. And I walk around like in the 90s, depending on the holiday or whatever, close to 200. So we all have different styles where like my body type, I play a little bit more smashy and stronger man game and they play a little bit more open, longer man game than I do. But we got different builds, so different games.
1: See, you have a much different problem than I do. I go home. My sister does photography with me, but nobody ever mm-hmm. has input on my general jujitsu game. So say if you guys get together for Christmas or Thanksgiving, you know, does it naturally come up in conversation? It's like, you know, I just think your half guard could be better. I'm just I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> It'll, it's more like if one of us is laying out there on the floor in the living room, we'd be like, hey, have you seen this pass right here? Or, walk over and make a pant leg ripper. One of them sitting there on the couch or something, sneak a hand behind there and try to sneak like a a grip in there on the shirt or the jacket or whatever. So, and it usually stems into like passing techniques back and forth or discussing something or telling the <laughs> other one that move is complete garbage that'll never work or something like that. So it slowly happens, but yeah, it always happens. I feel That's like fair. the Lennon
0: parents have a very short fuse. It's like you boys don't break the goddamn cabinet again. It's just like a real quick fire. Even
2: as There's, adults. That's pretty, that there is some accuracy to that. <laughs> that's pretty close. Especially <laughs> growing up, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of roughhousing and stuff. So that, yeah, say they've calmed down luckily over the years since we moved out. But yeah, they put up with quite a bit of roughhousing and us trying to tear the house down when we were growing up. But that's to be expected. You got three boys, you know, we're going to do some pretty stupid stuff. Sure.
1: So, is it just the three boys though? Are there more members of the family? Do you have like five taekwondo black belt belts cousins. we don't know about?
0: This two taekwondo.
2: No, I have no. Nope. Just just the three of us. Yep, I'm the youngest, so just us three.
1: Wow, Whatever and three got, for so. three though on on black belts too. So that's that's a well protected yeah. family. So good on that.
2: Oh yeah, we're we're good to go. We got the jujitsu and Second Amendment, so we're set. <laughs> I, can, I
0: so, can think of a lot of brother, like uh, two brother combos of the black belt nature. I can't think of many, three.
2: Yeah, not many out there. I can't think of many outside. You know, you think of several or like a couple of them, but yeah, off the top of my head, I can't. I'm sure there is some, but I can't think of who they are.
1: Well, also the, the twin thing makes it interesting because, you know, you always think like, yeah, well, yeah. just because you know, you, one of the twins does jiu-jitsu doesn't mean the other one has to do it. So, you mm-hmm. know, they are different yeah. people. So it is just an interesting thing to see. Like, oh, not only did they both do it, they were both like, all right, well, you're in too. So tell us where your jiu-jitsu journey begins.
2: Uh, well, it, was, it started with uh, one brother, Zach, who uh, him and I got our black belts on the same day. He started before me when he went off to college with judo and got me into it. But he had a couple of, like, ACL injuries that slowed him down and allowed me to catch up. So he would have been way ahead of me, but with his injuries, he slowed down. I caught up with him. And then that's why we got our belt, our black belt at the same time, even though he started before me and my other brother, the other black belt, he was in the army and he got deployed a couple times, or whatever. So that made it like he got his black belt a couple years after us, but he had several times where he wasn't able to train. He was over in Iraq and stuff, but yeah, it started where I lived back in Macon. My Zach went off to college and then he'd come back on the weekends occasionally and we rolled him. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just trying to do what I had seen, like on the internet or UFC, trying to throw legs. And he'd choke me with something and show me how to do it. And then I would go back to school my senior year, knowing how to do like an arm bar or triangle choke, and try to find someone in gym class who was big or strong or athletic and like, hey, let's wrestle until someone gives up. And them knowing nothing, I'd go out there and throw on a guillotine or an arm bar or triangle and just choke the piss out of them. And then after that, I actually – we found a top-team gym there in Columbia when I got out of high school, and I went there and started training, and then Zach eventually moved back to Columbia so he could train full-time. So we had, like, three black belts there. And then from top team that closed down, I moved to St. Louis, started teaching, and, yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: And you're just obsessed because, as has been yeah, noted, yeah. you you got your black belt okay. rather fast.
2: Yeah. It helped too. like, that was another thing. Like when I was a purple belt, Zach was a purple belt as well. And he moved to Columbia so he could train full time with black belts. And so him and I, we trained all the same classes together. And then we'd go on there on the weekends and break down moves on each other. So I got that really helped to have all that extra training. to we like, one day we, we train, we had the same training partners there. So that cave, like, hey, so-and-so keeps hitting this on me. What do you do? Oh, I do this and we would pass it back and forth. And then that just helped elevate our games a ton. Having them be able to bounce that off of each other.
0: Yeah, no lie, especially in, so just to clarify, because St. Louis and Columbia, for those of you not seasoned in the ways of Missouri, a.k.a. you haven't driven across 70, 95 fucking times, like some of us talking right now have, it's about a two hour trip, it's a two hour trip.
2: Yeah, yeah, about two hours, depending on where you leave from, so yeah, right around two hours, it's not bad
0: are you making that drive frequently? Are you also supplementing in St. Louis? Are you moving to Columbia? Like how are you
2: making that type of training schedule happen? Um, I do. I try to get back there as much as I can on the weekends. I, I can't make it during the week just because of my classes. And then it's just too hard to go back and forth, but I do supplement it here in St. Louis. So I go over and I train there. They got several. That's a good thing about jujitsu. It's gotten bigger and bigger here in St. Louis. So I've got a couple different gyms I can go over and train with and, get to train with five or six different black belts. So I get to train with a lot of good guys here too. When I can't make it back to Columbia. Mm-hmm. So that helps. So just in- so not, I don't, I don't lack for really cross training here. It's just, I just got to go and do it. And you know, there's plenty of people to train with here and we all get together. There's no, uh, we're all different weight classes, you know, and different age groups and stuff. So it's, there's no hiding from each other or not wanting even want to see each other's game. We all get together and, do lots of cross training so it's fun
0: but not much into the kansas city venture for you no i there's
2: there's a couple guys there's trained with. I used to train with like pirate back in the day i used to go to kansas city when i lived in columbia and teach there a couple times a week so i've trained with pirate a ton i mean train with him in kansas city because he's on the card as well trained him in columbia he's come over to st louis so yep just a couple guys think him and then few other guys there from that gym but other than that no like i haven't trained any of the other KC bjj guys really just mainly pirate all
0: right and he's talking about devin chasten um fighting uh chad vote on the card at 195 yeah pounds. he's
2: actually he's actually fighting my uh dad's my brown belt so oh i'm seeing that now
0: he, this is one of the
2: things yeah yeah yeah
0: this is one of the things I will talk about on this card, which I really like. A lot of the teams, what you see is so whether it's Easton Castle Rock, whether it's uh, Cody Creaky of Creaky BJJ, who's bringing three or four people to the fight. There is a little bit of the Karate Kid sort of element where it's there's some team elements to this. So you'll be coaching, I yeah, would yeah, imagine, yeah. along the way.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely go out there coach him, and it's cool too because you're know, like the pirate. I competed against him multiple tournaments and then we still cross train trained with him not that long ago back on my brother's place. so yeah Devin and I go way back he used to train with me back in a uh, top team when I was in Columbia so so that helps help him, him and Chad competed against each other and then they trained against with each other in Columbia so that'll be an interesting match because they both know each other's game really well haven't competed and trained together so that'll be a fun match
0: yeah those are and at least, I mean, I know the Pirate, he's a tough fighter. He's, uh, he's a grinder. Fuck yeah, Josh yeah, he's, Neer he's at the last one. And, yeah, and yeah,
2: yeah, at the last one, yeah.
0: Actually got into oh, yeah, a near almost bad. fight with Josh Neer, which I think was near. Neer was not in the jujitsu condition that the Pirate is in. So I think it was like, well, I'm going to yeah. smack him. That'll upset him, and that'll distract the three to four yeah. minutes of the fight.
2: That'll, that'll
0: change the game up a little bit. <laughs> which is 100% what happened, by the way. Josh tracked him, and the pirate's like, fuck that. <laughs> and it's like, okay, dang it. Kind of got in uh, a
2: little bit there.
0: Season Josh near, avoiding any heel hook yeah. business. So this yeah. is a this is a nice pitch to you're hearing some of Ezra's story, but what are you looking to do anytime you're fighting someone? I presume you have a t- particular You're looking to submit within the first few minutes, but is there a particular submission series you're kind of looking for that's your game, pressure passing to to what? Do you have something that you you want to give the people as a glimpse of, hey, come watch Ezra Lennon fight?
2: Uh, You know, I I like to kind of sweep from the bottom, get up on top, and then start hunting those arms, you know, get a lot of pressure on the guy, stick that shoulder in his face or dig the top of my head in his chin and then just, go after those arms, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm big into arm bars and stuff. So hopefully see a lot of those attacks or see me finish one of those. So those are my bread and butter. So that's the plan anyways. All right. I'm I'm intrigued on a couple
1: things here because I wonder, you know, I mean, you've been doing this for a good while and, and the way that you've, you've competed is, is uh, at a very high level. There's this thing that uh, in an article that was written a long time ago was basically saying the perception of use of steroid use in BJJ. Now, here's the weird part about this. Do you feel that it has gotten better or worse? Because when I look out at the current scene, it, there's always hushly talked about like, oh, yeah, I think that person's on steroids. And you seem to be a proponent of you know, fighting clean and and that all and the like where in your perception is it gotten better or worse
2: um i think it's always you, there's always been a ton of steroids involved but i think the thing is now there's there's more social media involved so you definitely it's more eye-opening people can see these guys training more often and they can watch how they how big they get within like you can see a guy go up from lightweight all the way to super heavyweight in five years and it's like well that's that's not really natural. So if it hasn't gotten worse, which actually it it has gotten worse, I'd say like these guys are just ridiculously big. There are some guys out there, like just they're massive. They look like they're freaking Mr. Olympia out there and they're, you know, the more muscle they put on, you know, you think most times, like the more muscle someone puts on the worse, their gas tank is going to get, they're going to slow down having all that mass. But these guys are putting on a solid amount of muscle, like no body fat and their gas tanks getting better. So, I mean, that doesn't happen naturally, so I would say it's you got a lot more guys doing it, and they're getting on better stuff. But you know, there's a lot of risks that go along with that, so it, it's it, it is what it is. It's part of it. If guys want to do it, I don't care. You know, I fought guys who are on it. I've beaten guys who are on it. And I've lost to guys who are on it. But you can definitely feel when you get out there, and you feel that guy, that power he has with it. So it gives you an edge. But you know, if you, you can you could do steroids and you still got to have that hard work ethic. you got to still be willing to go out there and train two or three times a day, and steroids aren't going to make you better. They're just going to help you recover, but it's still pretty bad.
1: I mean, I I always uh, partake a, a certain practice of whenever I feel somebody's too strong. I do that thing that you teach children to do whenever there's a stranger. You just yell it out, so I'm always like, steroids!
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's and, always put someone on blast, like right immediately. Well,
1: the reason why is just because I always feel like there's always hushed tones if you talk about it after or whatever. So, you know, I have a couple training partners, uh, one who I just always, you know, I'll hashtag whatever he says. Just steroids. hot. But there's there's one of my good friends that we cross train every once in a while. And I swear to God, this dude was just like a mini brick. It was just 160 pounds of just going, you're too strong.
2: You did, did, this is no, normal. No. This, this isn't how the human body should be naturally.
1: Exactly, and we started, uh, you know, getting him ready for some ADCC rounds and whatnot. And uh, right as we started, I just yelled out steroids. And then he, <laughs> the worst part is, is like I do it to be funny, and sometimes I can't control my brain. Uh, but then I'm immediately like, oh, Raph, don't make this bad round for him. Like this is actually for a real purpose. Let's shut up now. Um, so that's always something that i'm I'm intrigued about the there is something that i think is really important and i've been you know kevin and i do different commentary play-by-plays for different things and uh you know he's doing this one solo but one thing i always try to do on my telecasts and kev you're welcome to take this if you want but i always say that you should come up with that kind of true truths and a lie. So I'll have, you know, my fighters, whenever they fill out a little paperwork that says, you know, here's some interesting facts about me. But then I always ask mm-hmm. them to come up with a lie that I can say on air. And the reason you say the lie is so that you know that people actually watch the event. So, having said that... Great idea.
0: There's this, yeah. Is
1: there one that you can think of, just off the top of your head right now, it doesn't, again doesn't have to be like super problematic or super true it's just can you think of something like that that kevin can say on air that assures us of knowing if people actually watched your match live or not
2: so some so you want like two truths and a, a fake one or you want just one fake one just one lie it's, it's only to get the
1: it's to get you the idea of two truths and a lie. We don't need the two truths. Right? Yeah, i got plenty of really truths about
0: truths. you. I've got a good amount of your resume and facts, so we're good on the truths. But I would like your input on a lie.
2: I have a, I have one that, you know, it could be true. It could be a lie. It could be, you know, it could be 50-50. I have been bit by a uh, black bear.
0: <laughs> Why? Hold on. Why is it could be true, could be a lie? Well,
2: it's it, it just, I don't know. You just got to figure that out and talk about it. I don't know. That's the good thing. All right. <laughs> okay. Hold on. In close conversations, black Onion, there's layers
0: to it. I like this. In close conversations with Ezra, uh, it may or may not have had a very serious tooth encounter with a black bear. So people Yeah people will go. notice. I the only other way I had gone was Ezra Lennon, um actually third cousins to John Lennon. A lot of people don't know that, but it's in his family tree. Yeah, yeah. Just
2: spell their names a little different, but sure. yeah, fourth cousins, distant cousins, distant
0: cousins. Well you also have been bit by a black bear, I presume. If you have, I'm pissed off of your because 'cause I'm once again I'm now watching you. <laughs> hold on. I have you just playing on a loop. So you were just fighting Nick Sanders. At the five yeah, yeah, Nick Jesus. and I
2: still uh, – Nick and I trained. That was actually – we were trained together at the time, so that was a, like a uh, – he had just that was the same tournament that I fought Lovato on. So he fought Lovato first round, and then it was just the three of us in the bracket. So him and I went out there just as like a warm-up for me. We kind of flowed out there so I could get the win, and then I fought Lovato. That way I could go out there kind of warmed up because there was just the three of us. So whoever won – whoever fought Lovato first round. I was going to give a bye to the other guy or depending on the match with, but he beat be both of us that day. So, but it was fun. It was still fun. So that was just the flow. We didn't really, that wasn't going hard. We were just kind of moving around, getting some, getting some sweat going. So gotcha. I go out there warmed up and not pull, getting injury, you know? So it was fun. We both got to fight. And Kev, him, so It was a good time.
1: Kev, maybe we're being rude and uh, not totally uh, announcing why we always ask about the brother connection, because uh you know Kevin and I we're we're kind of promoters in our own way. Uh, we're always looking to find out the brother combinations who would be interested in tag team forms of grappling. And here's the thing, they've started making them since we've set it this on This is air.
0: real. Yeah, we've been talking about tag team grappling since way before it became something that happened at submission grappling underground.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think I've seen some videos of that, but I never know if it's, like, real or fake. What the hell are you talking like, about? You've got to
0: get in you know,
2: pick city a city. brother. Which brother? Which one? Uh, well, one of them's injured right now, so I'm just going to go with Zach since he's not injured. Perfect. He's, he's you, the most healed up one, though. So. You're
0: sold. And if any ever, ever any family gets its shit together, it gets three brothers. No reason we can't have a three-on-three <laughs> match. Are you kidding? That'd oh, be amazing. Oh, yeah. Sure, the,
2: the more the... The more, the merrier. Why not? The Lennons Western. versus the Martinez.
0: Like there, There's a lot of good brother combos. I think oh, one yeah, of the last
1: times, we had, a, I think it was Dan Miller on once.
0: There you go. And we were oh, yeah, brothers. Yeah.
1: You know, and we were telling Dan, we're like, it just seems like you and the Lozons just need to go at it and just have this ultimate tag team kind of match uh, for grappling. And I didn't even get done kind of expressing the idea, and he's like, we're in. And I go, oh, (laughs) well, that was fast. I didn't expect it to be that quick. That was a little too easy. Exactly, and I'm like, I think they've been preparing for this. So it is important (laughs) for us to get a good gauge because we just always feel like one of these days we're going to get it going. But once we saw that they were doing tag team grappling, I just looked over and I go, somebody listens to our show.
2: Somebody. Someone's been stealing our – someone's been quietly listening and stealing your ideas.
1: And let's be very clear. There have been some memes that have gone up recently. Uh, There's a a meme that makes fun of uh, pro wrestlers uh, fans who when they go to an event, they'll bring championship belts. And so I had always joked. I was like, they're amazing, but I've always said, and I've established this on this show many a times. I'm like, if you're a fan and you're wearing a championship belt, I should be able to challenge you for that belt. And lo and behold...
2: That belt should be on the line. That belt's fair game.
1: And more importantly, because everybody has an active imagination, I guarantee you if a match broke out, pro wrestling fans love to count. So they would act as refs.
2: Oh, for sure. They'd be dying to jump in there. There'd be be chairs getting thrown, all kinds of stuff. They'd be in on that 100%.
1: So I see my jokes every once in a while come back to me, and we had for years called Joe Rogan – uh, the male version of Oprah, and then that's a meme. And I'm like, these motherfuckers keep listening to our show, and they keep taking my jokes. All right, that's fine.
2: That's yeah, fine. It's good. Feeling your idea slowly.
1: <sighs> yeah, I know. I know. It's uh, it's a it's a tough life being this wow. this groundbreaking. It's being uh, but... that popular,
0: right? It really is. <laughs> do we first. have another pro yeah, wrestling fan? You sound like a pro wrestling fan, at least a little bit, Ezra.
2: Oh, no, no, not now. I don't even Whew. I've never I didn't have that channel growing up. So I never got into it. Yep. But I do enjoy the memes making fun of the fans and making fun of all that. I, I think they're good athletes, the wrestlers and stuff. But I've never I don't think I've ever actually watched like a full event or even
0: a full match. Hold on, Ezra. Before that, for our young listeners, we have to explain a channel is uh, mm. something you used to use, and it's how you had access to the television. You had to be subscribed to a certain yeah. amount of them.
1: Let me let me do the real heavy lifting here, Kevin. <laughs> it's a YouTube page that you had to Thank click you. on and on on the giant yeah. television
0: yeah. screen. That's helpful. And it yeah, wasn't absolutely. always there. Oh. It, it yes. couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. It was very specific. We had
2: three channels. We three, had three, three seven and ten. ABC, <laughs> CBS, and NBC. So... We had the best uh, – didn't quite get all the wrestling or any of that
0: stuff. It was basically just well, the news like, and Roseanne <laughs> playing on a loop. Like, their <laughs> news, friends. Yeah, I got all MASH. Sitcom, but I got caught up on value. MASH as a kid. That was helpful. Oh, yeah. I got
2: to, got to watch Seinfeld. Didn't understand the jokes. I still got to watch every episode. Yeah. So it was all, it's, it's
0: all good. <laughs> it's the fun corner so, of the podcast.
2: <laughs> Here's the
1: great – okay, so Ezra, as we're we're starting to kind of get a little bit bigger – idea of this match coming up tell us how this all came together because you know i'm excited that you're going to bring some more attention to this event and i wanted to hear just kind of how the matchmaking process went and like what it
2: actually, is that i was actually supposed to fight on the uh, the first one they did because last year or beginning yeah the beginning last year or sometime. but i had a rib injury that i had i had injured my rib i don't know if you guys ever have one of those but Man, those freaking rib injuries, they just linger. You think it healed, and then I was training for that tournament. I was doing some wrestling just because I like to wrestle and twisted the wrong way and hurt my rib and then had to pull out of that one. And I was actually supposed to fight that Carlos on that card, but I got injured and then uh, told him, get a hold of me. I'd love to fight. You know, I'm always down to fight. I don't care what size it is. I'll fight ultra heavy or whoever it is. I don't care. So I told him next time, the next card they do, let me know I'd definitely be down, and then, Got a hold of me, threw a couple of names around. me. he just said, "Like you want to fight Carlos again, since that was the original matchup." I was like, "Oh yeah, for sure, let's do it." So, wasn't too much to it, but just fell through on the first card because of an injury. I was actually on a couple different cards at that time, but man, like a rib injury—just when you think it's healed, you twist the wrong way, especially with all the twisting and weird stuff you get into. It's jujitsu re-injure it. So I dealt with that for a while. Couldn't compete for a while because I just didn't want to go back out there and re-injure that thing. It was extremely painful. So. Now I'm on this one, all healed up, ready to go.
0: That was a fight I had circled, too. I was excited to see it last time. I'm extremely excited they got it back because um, he's a tough guy. From what I've seen, you're a tough guy. This is going to be a fun matchup of two people that are hunting and two pressure games yeah. colliding at, a, at an athletic weight class.
2: Yeah. Should be a good time. Should be fun. Should well, be fireworks. Ezra, you,
0: fight! you can find him at the Cavallo BJJ Association. You have fought a ton of people. You, you obviously have our and the entire grappling community's respect well earned. Excited to call your fight. Excited to see you fight. Where can people uh, find you if they want to try and come train in St. Louis? Or, or where can they hunt you down on the social medias if they just want to keep track of where you're fighting?
2: Uh, you can. You... Come to St. Louis, you want to train me? Just hit me up on me of my uh, Facebook just I'm or Instagram. Hit me up on there and come by and train. No good time. I'm out of uh, Finney's MMA here in St. Louis, so uh, head instructor there. So, yeah, if you guys want to ever – anybody wants to come train or do a private or get anything going, just hit me up on one of my social media accounts. And I'm not the quickest person to respond to those. I don't check my messages quick enough, but I will eventually get to you. It might take me a minute, but I'll get to you.
0: That's awesome. Yep, I'm looking at uh, finneyskickboxing.com. You can find their Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu classes and sadly the title of fastest social media responder goes to Rafa Barza who's on the line. So he uh, he holds that very dear and is very good at responding hey, well, to fans.
1: I'm I'm I, hey listen, one of us has to pull the weight on that. <sighs> that I was just a know compliment.
0: you are the fastest. I know it's a,
1: I, I just want to point it out because social media is all about instant gratification. So you have these fans who are like, "Hey, where are you guys?" And so it's really weird when I've put up on our Facebook as an automatic post. It's like, hey, listen, we're training right now. Please leave us alone. Um, but it's weird because when you have a Facebook page, they it's like a business page. They use how many minutes it takes for you to respond back to them. So yeah. it's it really weird when you try to say to somebody like, hey, great talking to you. Goodbye. And then they thumbs up you and you go, no, I have to respond to the thumbs up too. I'm on the clock yeah. again. Stop that. talking to me. Yeah. Uh, Leave me alone.
2: But, let me let me go away. Let me just lurk on the Facebook yeah. pages without having to talk to someone. Let me. Well, my, whole
1: th- <laughs> my whole thing is always week, oh, yeah. We're we're very receptive and we'll we'll chat with you and that's fine. But uh, you know, at a certain point, I gotta go train too because uh, you I'm not getting better by magic. Um, but Kev, here's the nice thing. I wanted to kind of jump off from that. You know, in the time that we were talking with Ezra, before he even came on the show, he started following us on, on our Instagram. So, what? you know, oh, he's
0: not, this, that's he's a professional. Guys.
2: I know. He's a professional. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll be looking for your follow back, too. So, uh, I don't know about that. I, we got to see
0: how this uh, this next him. week's going to go. Um, <laughs> I got to earn it. For a Missouri uh, person. You know, I guarantee,
2: th- deep ties. <laughs> I'll hook you up. Through, I guarantee you a lot of funny memes if you follow my page. Watch my story I'll I have the I have some pretty fresh memes on there, so you will be entertained.
1: I, I don't guarantee. I'm gonna have to call you out on that because we make memes and I did a quick little rundown here. I don't see one of ours on there. So I don't know how good of a judge of character you are of memes if ours are on oh, there. You but.
2: gotta you gotta keep checking back though. You got you get on there daily. I, I slowly I get you in there with a couple of them then I get you sucked in and you don't wanna go anywhere. <laughs> I just I ease people into it. You know what I mean? I don't wanna show it all at once, you know, I got to make you earn it a little bit, but you keep coming back. You're, you'll be stealing my means before you know it. <laughs> and the, some, of the, some of the hottest ones out there.
0: Right. That's
2: uh don't you know, I, you won't regret it.
1: It's not, it's not every day you get a high class, uh black belt. That's basically, and I don't want to read between the lines, almost threatening me to be like, you will come back. Okay. <laughs> Do you, you hear that? He you
2: will, will, come back. And you will, will like back. my, you will like my post you will enjoy it those are the options i will look at my story every day that's
1: amazing yes well we will definitely be following back in fact you'll see it right now
0: oh beautiful well you can find him the ultimate absolute if you're not in kansas city don't worry there is a live stream Where you can hear yours truly doing commentary on fighters way outside of Mike grade. One of those fighters, of course, our favorite Lennon brother. I'm just going to say it. I mean, I haven't met Zach yet. He seems kind of cool, but I think you edged him out, at least in this one particular.
2: Definitely the best looking one, too. So I got that going. Definitely the best. Which is nice
0: verbal chat fans tune in follow him find him ezra lennon ezra thank you so much for swinging by the podcast this evening
2: hey no worries thanks for having me on guys a lot of fun